BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey friends, thanks for joining a podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called patreon.com slash BP show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to patreon.com slash BP show, patreon.com slash BP show. you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And off we go on a Monday, Monday, November 20, Thanksgiving week. What do you say, folks? Great to see you. It is uh, The Bill Press Show right here from Washington, D.C., reaching out to you all across this great land of ours. With the news of the day, as brought to you by uh, the Bill Press team here and by our great guest today. It's good to see you. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, you know, maybe uh, got some early shopping in, watched some sports, just kick back with friends and family, uh, and are ready to dive into the uh, new week and a whole new set of issues to talk about. Actually, there's some of the same issues we were talking about yeah. uh, last week. Uh, yeah, the mess continues on the sexual harassment front. Uh, but we'll uh, bring you up to date on all of the above as we reach out to you on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show on radio and television with the news of the day. Our top stories, yep, the Republicans did pass that disastrous uh, tax bill. Well, it's good if you make over $400,000 a year. Otherwise, forget about it. You may get a little, some of you, some of us may get a little relief in the beginning, but then uh, the, that relief goes away in a couple of years and we'll actually be paying, middle class will be paying more in taxes than we do today. Uh, yes, Donald Trump still refusing to condemn Roy Moore, although he's quick to condemn uh, Al Franken. Uh, and it looks like Jared Kushner is in trouble again with emails to WikiLeaks. All of that coming up. But first, this is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Bill, as you just mentioned, it is Thanksgiving week. And one of the traditions here in Washington, D.C. is where the president pardons the turkeys. So there are two turkeys that have made it to town. They come yeah. from Minnesota. Uh, they are called Bo and Ty. B-O-W and tie. Bow tie. Let's see. And so one of the turkeys is the Thanksgiving turkey. The other one is the understudy. They are expected to be pardoned by President Donald Trump later this week. They are staying not at the Trump Hotel, but at the Willard Hotel in they Washington. Stay at the, they always stay at the Willard. Well, they always stay at the Willard Hotel. If there was going to be a year that you we broke think president, would this Trump would be Hotel. the year that, yeah, that would happen. Right. But no. They are located just a few blocks, well, just a block from Pennsylvania. You know, if they didn't stay at the Trump Hotel, Trump probably won't pardon them. Yeah, yeah the no, the humans that are being pardoned are staying at the Trump Hotel. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, waking up this morning, here's some news. We when is that, today or tomorrow? The pardoning? I don't know. I think it's today. Is it today? I think it happens at the beginning of a Here, Thanksgiving movie. Whether no, it's I, today yeah. or tomorrow, I tell you what, I'm not going to watch it. I think I might go just to see it. Hey, have a ball, man. No, I just want one of those turkeys to, you know, just attack <laughs> Donald Trump. Remember one of the turkeys one time, like, buried his head into George W. Bush's crotch during the... the uh, yeah, I, I've gone a few times, and it's it's fun because even before the thing starts, they're all they're just tr- strutting around. You know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, in the in the rose garden, and Donald Trump might eat that turkey. He might not pardon the turkey. <laughs> he might just say, "Hey, it's well, folks. It was a gift. It was given to me. I'm going to eat it." He'll take an axe. Yeah, right. He'll kill it right there in front of everybody. Hey, uh, some news this morning. If you're just waking up, Charles Manson has passed away at the age of 83 years old. Now, I didn't realize this. A couple of weeks ago, he was taken away from Corcoran State Prison in California and taken to a hospital in Bakersfield because he Mm -hmm. had some gastrointestinal issues. And so those finally caught up with him. He has died at the age of 83 years old. Am I supposed to be sad? No, no. No. It's just, I mean, that's a big deal in American history that that Charles Manson didn't get to see the end of the Trump administration. Yeah, what a creepy story still, man. Even still, I mean, I I advise, like, if you're of a certain age and you didn't really Mm -hmm. grow up among the Charles Manson hysteria, which I didn't, but I've gone back and read about it. I, I mean, it's captivating. What like his life from start to finish? I hate to say, is pretty interesting. It's a fascinating, including the later story. years and getting married to one of his fans. Yeah, no, it's I, fascinating. Story. I know. Yeah, crazy stuff. On TV and online, this is The Bill Press Show. Yep, he's quick to condemn Al Franken, but he won't say a word of condemnation against Roy Moore. What do you say? Hello, everybody, on a Monday, Monday, November 20. (coughs) Pardon me. Here we go with a run-up to Thanksgiving and the special edition of The Bill Press Show. Great to see you today. Thank you for joining us, whether you're listening or watching. It's good to have you with us. And, of course, we're with you on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Be sure to, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to sign up, right? Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, We always tell you about that, but we want to remind you one more time. It's so important. We, we, you know, we found out that most of you watching on YouTube are not subscribers. So why the hell not? doesn't cost anything, right? Yeah. And it's easy. It's easy to do. It's just something you don't think about doing. So please uh, take the time to uh, sign up. If you're one of those people who get the link every day from Twitter, <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. We're glad you're watching. But just yeah. take the extra step to subscribe. That way you get to see whatever we're putting out all throughout the day. All throughout today. Otherwise, uh, you miss out on that stuff. So good to see you on YouTube. Great to see you on Free Speech TV as well. And it's good to be with you. Out in the great WCPT in Chicagoland and on Indianapolis, Indiana Talks uh, in the whole Indianapolis area. 
Hello, hello, hello. Hope the weekend was a good one, and you are ready indeed to dive into the news of the day. Can I mention something really quick? Yeah. Can I mention something really quickly? Yes. If you, uh, one other quick plug while we're doing plugs. Uh, the Nina Turner episode of The Making of Bernie Sanders oh, went up on Friday. Yes. Uh, on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash BP show. All we're asking is $5 a month, and we give you all kinds of wonderful, exclusive content you can only get on Patreon. And so our latest episode of The Making of Bernie Sanders is an interview with Nina Turner. We sat down with her, and it's probably the best one that we've done. Love me some Nina Turner. She's great. great. And just a lot of good stuff about where her politics and where Bernie's politics are taking the country moving forward. It's yeah. a very good Nina Turner, of course, former uh, Ohio state senator, who was a big uh, spokesperson for Bernie Sanders during the campaign. She is now head of Bernie's organization, uh, Our Revolution, doing an incredible job. They've scored. They've racked up, racked up a lot of victories already. Uh, and uh, so she came in. We talked about uh, where it's all going with Our Revolution uh, and with Bernie Sanders. And uh, be sure to catch that. Again, Patreon is patreon.com and it's all stuff over and above what what the what we talk about in the 2 hour show every day yeah right yeah, yeah. so the, and that's the only place you you can find it uh yep lots of big stories to talk about today uh, Jared Kushner in trouble again now it turns out that he lied about something else uh he said he never had any contact with WikiLeaks indeed he did Robert Mueller has revealed a list of uh, top White House aides that he will soon be uh, interviewing, (laughs) maybe investigating, uh, and just shows that this Robert Mueller investigation is not winding down, as some people in the White House uh, pretend. Yes, uh, the Republicans did pass, the House did pass its uh, version of the tax reform bill, and now the uh, focus shifts to the Senate where some senators still are still saying uh, they should not include the repeal of the individual mandate as part of the Affordable Care Act, uh, part of the tax bill. But Mitch McConnell says the two of them have to go together. And we start with the issue of sexual harassment, which continues to be the number one focus uh, on the media, national and local, uh, talking about Roy Moore and Donald Trump and Al Franken. Your comments, of course, always welcome on Twitter. Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. You know, so uh, I think Jackie Spear said it right, uh, Congresswoman Jackie Spear, our good friend from California, uh, yesterday on Face the Nation, where she said, I think we're, we're undergoing kind of a sea change when it comes to this issue of sexual harassment in this country. Um, largely as a result, it started with Harvey Weinstein, and it keeps building and building and building. Uh, which I this is something that certainly wasn't invented by Harvey Weinstein, uh, men taking advantage of uh, their positions of power to harass women, to abuse women, to assault women. Uh, it's probably as old as the caveman. Uh, but it's come to the surface now in full force, and we're learning a lot about it and starting to deal with it in an entirely different way, and it's about time. I think one thing we've learned is how widespread this practice is, I mean, certainly what we've seen lately, right in the media, Roger Ailes, Bill O'Reilly, Mark Halperin, in Hollywood, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, James Toback, you know, Dustin Hoffman, kind of George, you name it, right? Um, in uh, the field of politics, yeah, Donald Trump, don't forget, Roy Moore, 
Al Franken uh, and others, an Ohio State senator, uh, who, Republican, uh, who just resigned. And of course, th- that's not counting what we know goes on in the military, in police departments, in Wall- on Wall Street, in corporate boardrooms across the country, workplaces across the country, either, whether it's Walmart or local drugstore. It's just when there are men in power, they, some of them, abuse that power again to take advantage of women. Look at how long it took Across for some of the most powerful men in their industries to actually, for light to be brought to those charges. Yeah. Imagine yeah. all the everyday harassment and that, abuse and assault right. that happens that right. just gets completely buried because nobody's there to listen. No, it's a local drugstore, right? Right. Something like that. Right. Or it's a high school principal. Sure. You, you know, you never know. These are people and women who who don't have access to a lawyer or to the media or whatever. And sometimes they just put up with it. Sometimes they just quit and get another job. But at any rate, it's really, it, you know, it's really come out now to we're all talking about, it, which is good. And we've learned also not only how widespread it is, but there's a right way and a wrong way. It's always wrong. But there's a right way and a wrong way for the man who's accused to deal with it. The right way is to admit you did wrong, to apologize to the victim or victims, uh, to express regret and shame, and to take the consequences. I'd say that's Al Franken. Al Franken did it the right way, right down the line. There's a wrong way. The wrong way is to deny, and you did anything wrong, to attack the accusers and call them liars and try to undermine their credibility and their morality, if you will, or their intentions, uh, and then to kind of move on as if nothing happened. That's Roy Moore, and that's Donald Trump the wrong way. And Donald Trump, the worst of all, all, number one, because he's been accused by more women than anybody else, over a dozen during the campaign. Number two, because he, in fact, still calls them liars, right? Says they're all lying, total fabrication, never did anything like he said he did, even though he bragged on a tape about committing sexual assault on women. Number three, because then he turns around and he has the audacity to attack Al Franken uh, and not say one word of condemnation about Roy Moore. It is just so disgusting. And you know what? I think this whole thing has backfired on Donald Trump because yeah. suddenly we're talking about Donald Trump and whether he ought to be investigated or whether even Donald Trump maybe ought to resign. And yet the White House rule is, again, the White House, the White House, as Sarah Huckabee Sanders told us again, she said, well, What's the should Cecilia Vega from uh, um, ABC ask her at the briefing on Friday? So, isn't it fair that Donald Trump should be investigated too? If it's fair to investigate Al Franken uh, and the allegation made by his accuser, is it also fair to investigate this president and the allegations of sexual misconduct made? against him by more than a dozen women? Look, I think that this was covered uh, pretty extensively during the campaign. Uh, We addressed that then. The American people, I think, spoke very loud and clear when they elected this president. Oh, yeah. We addressed it during the campaign. The the only way they addressed it during the campaign is Donald Trump said they're all liars. Yeah. Right? 
And to address it during the campaign. He was never held accountable during the campaign at all. And to bring it full circle, he deflected by bringing Bill Clinton's accusers to a presidential debate. Remember sure. that one? Yeah. yeah. That's right. right. Sure. Going back to Bill Clinton, which is what they which is what they always do. Uh, as far as with Roy Moore, well, is he going to say anything about Roy Moore? Sarah, all Sarah Huckabee Sanders will say is that um, it, he does find it troubling, troubling. The president certainly finds the allegations extremely troubling, as I stated yesterday, uh, and he feels like it's up to the governor and the state, uh, the people in the state of Alabama to make a determination on whether or not they delay that election or whether or not they support and vote for Roy Moore. This is such a cop-out. If Remember, he, fi- he is the head of the party. He is the head of the party. If he finds it so troubling, then why doesn't he, why doesn't he say it's troubling. Why does it Sarah Huckabee Sanders just says it? And if he finds it really troubling, why doesn't he tell the people of Alabama, Republicans of Alabama, what they should do? Meaning, don't elect this guy. He is unfit to serve in the United States Senate. Donald Trump, not one word of condemnation. To say, I find this troubling. We'll find out what the people... He doesn't even say... I hope the people of Alabama will do the right thing. He doesn't say that, even that. He just turns his back on the yeah, issue. Just looking. Like the, literally, when he was asked about it, he turned his back and walked yeah, away. Yeah, he did. Looking the other way, right? It's as if Donald in Donald Trump's world, sexual assault is okay for Republicans, but no, not if a Democrat does it. And in fact, no, no, no. Right. How, Next question. Yeah. <laughs> How do you square that he can go out after Al Franken and not say anything about Roy Moore or about his own criminality? Uh, Again, Sarah Huckabee Sanders says, well, here's the big difference. I think in one case, specifically, uh, Senator Franken has admitted wrongdoing and the president hasn't. I think that's a very clear distinction. Well, (laughs) yeah. Well, the distinction, again, is... Not that Donald Trump didn't do it and Al Franken did. The distinction is one man is a mensch and the other man is a coward. Right? I mean, it's, that's, that's all that that says. Yeah, you're right. Al Franken admitted one incident before he was a senator. Donald Trump not admitting uh, anything at all. In fact, calling them liars. Just the exact opposite of the way uh, Al, Al Franken handled it. I mean, you, I can't. I just can't believe Donald Trump's audacity again, given his background, to go out there and accuse Al Franken. If that's not hypocrisy, man, I don't know what is. That is rank hypocrisy. That is the exact case of accusing, condemning somebody else for the very acts that you yourself are committing or have committed. That's exact definition of hypocrisy. And you would think that Donald Trump would have learned one lesson, right? That people who live in glass white houses shouldn't throw stones. But there he is. Uh, meanwhile, down in Alabama, how disgusting. The, even, the, the most, I've said this before, but the, the most disgusting part of this whole thing for me at all is, are the evangelicals. The pastors, uh, particularly, and the women, Christ, so called, Christian women who have come out in support of Donald Trump. Uh, one of them, here she is, Gina Boggs, in a big rally, just see of these women 
the uh, uh, Christian women for for uh, for uh, Roy Moore, and one of them, Gina Boggs, describing. Yeah. I have found his character to be only one thing, and that is godly. Oh, my God. He cares more about what God says and thinks than anything else in his life. Oh, yeah. boy. Do you think it was godly when he oh. took his clothes off and, and, and forced that, and asked maybe, or forced that 14-year-old girl to touch his penis through his underpants? How godly was that, Gina Boggs, right? There's another pastor over the weekend who said that Roy Moore always tells the truth, unlike his accusers, and then he named two of these women. This is a pastor, and he named two of these women, and he accused them, get this, he accused them of breaking the Ten Commandments because they broke the Ten Commandments, not Roy Moore. He said the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not bear false witness. Isn't it, I mean, if that doesn't if that isn't rich, that takes the cake. Right? Look, Bill, you you know the Bible really really well. Uh, you remember yeah, all of those Bible verses whoa. about God, Jesus <laughs> showing up with his shirt off at the YMCA to try and pick up teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. And did you know that Jesus was banned from the local shopping mall? Yeah. Yeah, because he was too creepy. Because he was too creepy and picking up women. Yeah. yeah. How disgusting. How disgusting. Now you know I think um, <laughs> the other thing we've learned about this whole issue is it, it is possible to uh, go overboard maybe and take it too far. And, and, and i got to tell you, uh, I believe that's the case of Democratic Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, who said, well, if we're condemning Donald Trump, then we have to condemn Bill Clinton, too. And we have to. And she's talking about Monica Lewinsky. And she she and and and, um, and we've got to we should have demanded at the time. We Democrats should have demanded that Bill Clinton resign. You know, the Clinton thing is a look. It's a complicated story, but I think Kirsten Gillibrand, when it comes to Monica Lewinsky, is dead wrong. There is. I'm not saying what Bill Clinton did was right. It wasn't right. He. It was wrong. He cheated on his wife. He had an affair with a young woman who was his daughter's age, right? not condoning that at all. At the same time, Monica Lewinsky never indicated, never said, never accused Bill Clinton of forcing himself on her at all. It was that that affair, she's the first to admit, was consensual from the beginning. And I think if we go from sexual assault and sexual harassment to condemning consensual sex between two consenting adults, I think we've crossed the line. Now, you asked me about the other women in Bill Clinton's uh, who built before he became president, whether it was Paula Jones or Juanita Broderick or um, Kathleen Woolley, I guess, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I believed all of those women. I said it at the time. I believed all of those women. Uh, and I, I would say today, if Bill Clinton were up for, re-election, up for election today, with that background, he would probably not get elected. If Donald Trump... I believe, were up for election. Today, he would not get elected. If Clarence Thomas were up for confirmation of the Supreme Court today, he would not be confirmed. So we have undergone a sea change. But um, in my belief, to go back and say we were wrong, 
not to call for Bill Clinton's resignation over that. He was impeached, remember, impeached for a consensual act of oral sex and lying about it under oath. He was impeached. Should he have resigned for that? Uh, I don't believe so. I think Kirsten Gillibrand is wrong. Uh, and you know, I know I, I don't know any other Democrats who have come out and joined her uh, and joined her either. You know, we've had this conversation a lot uh, off air, as we've seen, and it was a different time. Which doesn't make it after right. Story after story after right. story come out about men assaulting or harassing women, and <laughs> like you said, it doesn't make it right. But it was a different time, and that is not an excuse. Mm. It's just mm. like what society and what men have been able to get away with. For so long, we're just now having like a real conversation about it. And yeah. a lot of people would argue that we're not even going far enough now, but it is out there and we're holding people accountable for the first time. Yeah. So, you know, we knew about Paula Jones. We knew about Juanita Broderick. We, we heard those stories. Bill Clinton was elected. I'm, I, again, think it's doubtful that he'd be elected today. At the same time, it was only a year ago that we heard equally bad, if not worse, stories over a dozen women about Donald Trump. Yeah. And <clears throat> he was elected, at least in the Electoral College. I don't, I honestly don't think he'd be, re- he could be elected today, uh, given now what we've been through ever since Harvey Weinstein. Hey, just a couple of other issues, though, uh, that we want to talk about before we take a break here. Van Newkirk is going to join us from the Atlantic coming up next. Sabrina Siddiqui from The Guardian, here is a friend of Bill for our final hour together, and Igor Babish from HuffPost uh, will be joining uh, Sabrina and me as well for that final uh, half hour. Uh, Senator Jeff Flake, who has become more and more the uh, outlier among the Republican Party, he was out in his home state of Arizona over the weekend, caught on a hot mic with uh, a fellow by the name of John John Giles, who's the... um, Republican leader in Mesa County, uh, Arizona, where Jeff Jeff Flake saying, yep, now we're the party of Roy Moore. We're the party of uh, Donald Trump. We're the party of, we are toast, baby. Come the party of Roy Moore and Donald Trump. We, we are to the post. And we I'm are not smoke, won't smoke at you, but you're the guy that could, uh, just for fun, think how much fun it would be just to be the foil, you know, and to point out what an idiot this guy is. Okay. You know, anyway. <laughs> Uh, I, I love anyway. how I love uh, everyone's <laughs> freaking out about these comments that were going to haunt Mike. Like Jeff Flake has said this. Like he's he's on the record as saying yeah. this. Uh, in fact, to his credit, Jeff Flake afterwards said, "Well, that's nothing new. I've said it before." Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, he's consistent. I mean, he 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 has cut his ties with Roy Moore and Donald Trump. I just hope, I just hope now that he will follow through and vote against this tax bill and vote against uh, Donald Trump's policies and programs uh, and agenda. Uh, well, uh, speaking of Donald Trump, um, uh, he had a little, um, <laughs> he loves to pick a fight, man. All right. The latest fight he's picking is with, um, what's his name? LeVar? LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball, right. Who's the father of one of the UCLA basketball players who was on a visit to China he and a couple of friends uh, were allegedly caught shoplifting, and they were uh, put in jail. Uh, Donald Trump talked to President Xi about this, and whether it's because of that conversation or just because China just didn't want to deal with another uh, issue, um, a sore point with the United States, they did release these basketball players. Uh, and Donald Trump <laughs> uh, 
So uh, Donald Trump ex- wanted, wanted them, everybody, to say, oh, this is wonderful. He's the savior, uh, you know, and, and wanted the families to uh, really pay homage to him and maybe erect a statue to, him, to Donald Trump in their hometown or whatever, or on the campus of UCLA. When Donald Trump said, uh, felt that he didn't get enough thanks for this, he tweeted out, I should have left him in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I should have left him in jail. Yeah, the bastards—they didn't thank me enough. They didn't say how great I am enough times, right? Oh, because God. because they didn't kiss my ass. I should have left them. I, in I jail. want to read. I want to read something. I, 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 I love that attitude. You know what? Again, it just proves one more time. It's all about Donald yeah. Trump. I, I want to read something that I that I saw over the weekend that I thought was really interesting. First of all, Donald Trump Jr. On <clears throat> on Instagram, he put up a picture of Leangelo Ball, the son of LeVar Ball, yeah. with a quote that said, I would also like to thank President Trump and the United States government for the help that they provided, end quote. So Donald Trump Jr. says, glad to see these young men do the right thing in the end and thank Donald Trump. After seeing so many U.S. citizens stuck in bad situations abroad over the last few years, it's comforting to finally have a POTUS who will consistently go to bat for our citizens. It shouldn't be a novel concept, but it has been. So his whole thing is good for these. That is also BS. Of course it is. It's insane. All the the things that George W. Bush and Barack Obama both did to get Americans who were held overseas home. So his whole argument is these four young athletes, excuse me, four young African-American athletes, Mm Thank God they lined up and kissed the ass of Donald Trump for getting them out of out of trouble. Because no other president has ever done Because no one's done ever that. done that before? Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Well, what was the other thing that Donald Trump said that Barack Obama had never done? Remember he got gotten such... Uh, oh, jeez. I mean, take your pick. Oh, written letters to the uh, to, right. to, to families of fallen yes, service yes, members. right. Yeah. Never called them. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Never called them, right. Turned out to be total, total lie. So... Uh, but, okay, beating up on Donald Trump, let's give him credit for one thing. <laughs> we told you last week how Donald Trump's administration had reversed an order, uh, executive order of President Obama, which prohibited the importing of ivory uh, from uh, elephants killed in Africa to the United States. Uh, Donald Trump's, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the administration led by the Interior Department, last week reversed that and said, nope, you can go back and trophy hunt elephants and bring the ivory to the United States. We talked about that. We bitched about that. We complained about that. We said how wrong that is, and they were only doing it because Barack Obama had issued an executive order, and they feel they have to reverse everything Barack Obama did. Well, what do you know? Surprise the hell out of me. Donald Trump himself uh, reversed that decision and said, no, the the new order is now on hold, and he has said he doesn't he he's going to issue the final decision this week, sometime this week. But he did say in his tweet that he doesn't see how he could change his mind on this horror show, and he does not buy the Interior Department's argument that by allowing more elephants to be killed, somehow that will cut down on the poaching of elephants. That's what the Interior Department said. Donald Trump himself, yes, Donald Trump himself said he doesn't believe that he'll make a final decision this week. I don't. He got such a blow. They got such a blowback on it. 
Uh, and uh, I don't know how he came to that decision, but if he sticks to that and holds true to the uh, Obama order, I would say good for you, Donald Trump, and thank you, Donald Trump. It is really remarkable how many people jumped to oh, oh, to let yeah. them know how they felt about that this. Was There's a, really no defense for it. There was no defense at all. Such a stupid thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully uh, that will soon be behind us. Man, lots, lots, lots more to talk about. Uh, we'll take a quick break and come back with uh, Van Newkirk from The Atlantic. Continue uh, our uh, take of the day. And don't forget, your comments, particularly about Al Franken, Bill Clinton, Roy Moore. Always welcome on Twitter, at BP Show. Come the party of Roy Moore and Donald Trump. We are the host. Get social with Bill Press. Like us at Facebook.com slash Bill Press Show. This is The Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Here we go on a Monday, Monday, November 20. Hello, everybody. Great to see you today. It is the Bill Press Show again. We're coming to you live coast to coast on the radio and television with all the news of the day. And um, if you are just listening on the radio, in a sense, I feel sorry for you because you can't see the beautiful scarf that I am wearing today. But uh, those on YouTube and, and, um, and free speech can, well... Uh, those of you on the radio, then when you get to your computer, just go to BillPressShow.com and follow the link to Carol Press Scarves, and you'll see what I'm talking about. This is a nice little, what, blue and green, sort of. It doesn't go with my purple sweater, but that's what Carol gave me today. Uh, these hand-woven scarves by my wife, Carol Press. Uh, this is a time of the year when you're looking for something special for yourself or for someone you love. I'll check out lots of different designs and colors to choose from. Uh, either rayon chenille like this one or um, bamboo, actually. Uh, Great selection. Check it out, Bill Press Scarves. Carol Press, Bill Press Show, and then the link to Carol Press Scarves. And here in studio, scarfless for today, uh, Van Newkirk from the Atlantic. Hey, Vance, good to see you. Good to see you. So I want to start, before we get to some of the stories you've been writing, so I was reading over the weekend a review of a new book about the KKK. Oh, that's fun. The Some light reading for the weekend. <laughs> light reading for the weekend. This is the review. Okay. And it um, talked about you know the KKK like in the 1800s maybe, and then they had a resurgence in the 20s. And during that period, they um, even in the north, there were a lot of sympathizers. Uh, in 1927, there was a KKK march through Queens, New York, mm-hmm. uh, about 1,500 people, and uh, a few of them were arrested. Um, one man was arrested for refusing to disperse. These, these were, by the way, in the white robes and the hoods, the whole gear. Uh, and one man was arrested for refusing to disperse. Charges were dropped against him, but his name remains on the police records, and his name is Fred Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump's father. What well, does that odd. tell you? You know, it's... I don't even know if I'd like to say it's special uh, because it, it's so, I mean, like you say, the, the Klan had so much support everywhere. Uh, there's lots of folks. If you look, go looking, I think you're going to find a Klan link at some point. Um, but the fact that uh, the president hasn't 
deemed it fit to uh, run away from that <laughs> legacy as far as possible. Yeah. Uh, they, I, there are some interesting things there. I was stunned by that. I mean, it, it kind of shows the apple didn't fall far from the tree, right? And then you've got a son who's president of the United States and the KKK coming back in Charlottesville. And he says, oh, some very fine people among the Klan, mm -hmm. like my daddy. There's blame on both sides. And I have no doubt about it. And you don't have any doubt about it either. And, 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 and if you reported it accurately, you would say. You would say. Yeah. Very fine people. You would sides. say. Yeah. It's what's so interesting to me about this is that Donald Trump still looks up to his father so much. If you listen to any interview where he talks about um, his dad and how he holds his dad in such high esteem and that he was this perfect man. And like, I, I, I'm sure he picked up a lot of his dad's very racist views. And remember, the first time we heard about Donald Trump is when he and his father were cited by the uh, Justice Department, taken to court by just for refusing to uh, rent to African Americans. Yeah, and Trump goes on to further make his name in the New York political scene by calling for the execution of the Central Park Five. Correct. Yeah, and, and then, then refuses to accept the first African, our first African American president, as a legitimate president. Well, and that's the thing I think that's most important about the the all of the clan things is that the, the most enduring, and I said this on Twitter this morning after he uh, attacked Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yes. Um, but the most enduring thing in po American politics has always been attacking black folks. And it's not, as regardless of where you live, as regardless of being a southerner or northerner, uh, it's often regardless of party. Like the, the thing that gets people going still, even today in 2017, uh, is finding prominent black folks who are not behaving as people expect them to do yep. and going after them. Um, and, and that's, you know, people are going to bash him for what he said today, but I guarantee there's a, some segment of America that's going to come out and say, okay, I like what he did today. Oh, yeah. I like oh, this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And always. There's I, always that, that, that group. And I guess a piece of this is going after uh, LeVar Bell, Paul, 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 Paul yeah. right, mm -hmm. yeah. saying that about the, the um, uh, basketball <laughs> players from UCLA. I should have left them in jail. <laughs> Yeah, right. and I think LeVar is like, it was only going to be like 10 days if you didn't come and get him. Like, <laughs> like, right. These yeah. kids were not going to be jailed <laughs> no, for, for years in China. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. China doesn't want that. Yeah, NCAA doing a partnership in China with Chinese players coming over to play NCAA yeah. teams yeah. doesn't want that. Donald Trump, I, I get, he did you know, have an involvement in talking to China and having them released when they were, but like, let's not blow the incident out yeah. of proportion. Yeah, shoplifting right. in China. It's That's also all. like yeah. it's not it's not even like that. Lavar Ball just to get inside the weird mind of Donald Trump, right? Lavar Ball didn't have respect for the office, or Lavar Ball didn't, um, you know, appreciate the patriotism that was involved here. It's like yeah, yeah. he didn't thank me personally, right? So enough. I should have let his kids stay enough. in jail. Enough, right? Yeah. yeah, and and Leangelo thanked him. Program thanked him. Right. These were not enough. Yeah. Exactly. Bill, right. do you know, do you know who Marshawn Lynch is? No. Marsh Marshawn Lynch is a football player. He came out of retirement recently to go play for his hometown Oakland Raiders. And I'll oh, let, I, I did see the tweet this morning. And I'll I let Van it. Yeah. pick it up no. from there right. because he's yeah. been doing these anthem yeah. protests forever. But right. yesterday it, it struck a new tone for those who are supposedly mad at the NFL. Yeah. Van, if yeah, he because uh, he he sits during the yeah. the United States 
uh, national anthem, and he stood during the Mexican one. Um, <laughs> the game was played in Mexico City. Yeah, it was in Mexico right? City. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you know, Marshawn's been doing this for years. <laughs> um, he's been sitting for the anthem for years. And now it's a thing because Trump knows no, nobody has attacked Marshawn Lynch for sitting for the anthem. Not even the most, you know, conservative, all the Clay Travis folks. They don't talk about Marshawn Lynch. Right. But Trump knows that bringing light to this situation is going to win him points among a certain crowd. And that's it. It's cynical. It's, I don't even think Trump himself believes it. He doesn't wake up mad about Marshawn Lynch. Right. He knows. He goes and finds a thing yeah. that is going to get people talking. That's right. it. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I just remind us all once more, once more time, we're talking about, one more time, we're talking about the President of the United States dealing at this level, which is pretty yeah. sad. Uh, what's going on with Roy Moore, and why can't they get him off the ballot? Uh, so the, the number one thing that's going on with Roy Moore is the Alabama GOP is completely uh, and 100% behind him. So even if they want it, okay, so... We have two things here. One, you have the will of that party to get him off the ballot, which is the only way he's going to be off the ballot. Roy Moore is not going to pull himself out of the race. He's going until December 12th. Um, And I don't think there's any allegation, any proof, anything that's going to come up between now and then that's going to stop him. Alabama GOP could stop him. They could say uh, Mm -hmm. the the Secretary of State says that uh, if they pull the nomination from him, then – all votes cast in his name won't be won't, certified. Won't be, right. We don't know if that's true. Um, there are people contesting that law. It'll definitely go to court if that happens. But mm-hmm. that's beside the point because the state GOP has basically, they met in a, uh, a hotel the, yeah, the day he right. gave that press conference. Uh-huh. They lawyer gave their press conference uh, disputing uh, the claims of the woman who um, said he, he signed a yearbook. And they, uh, in that meeting, basically, they, like they, according to local reporters, they sneaked out of a side door without giving any indication of what mm-hmm. they were going to do. But then the next they day waited they put a day. out a statement. They said you know, they were endorsing him yeah. wholeheartedly. The uh, the chairwoman of the state party has said that if you uh, are in the state party uh, and you voice that you are going to vote for a write-in or you're going to vote for somebody else, the party can uh, pull your – they can pull you from future ballots, not just pull your funding. Mm-hmm. state party can deny you access to the ballot, period. And that's the implied threat. So they're they're in line, um, and I think recently the the most the news is coming out now is the young Republicans of Alabama have uh, they have pulled their endorsement of more. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, huh. mm-hmm. I hadn't heard that. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, let, me, let me give you my take. Roy Moore will never serve in the United States Senate. Probably true, because if he's elected, he'll be ejected, and Doug Jones could win. Mm-hmm. I think uh, no. I'm not saying we ought to just sit back and let it happen, but I, I think I think that I think that's where we're heading. That one way or the other, Roy Moore is not going to be a United States senator. He might be for a couple of days until they eject him, right? But it won't take long. Yeah, I don't trust the. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we we should give a, a bit of a grain of salt to that NRSC poll um, showing he was down like eleven points or twelve yeah. points because you know they had just withdrawn their endorsement of him the day before. Yeah, but then the political poll, <laughs> yeah. the political poll, political was poll eight said points. he's down eight points. Um, I, I do think the polls are showing Jones is in the lead uh, and looks to be in the lead going into the to the election. But I think more deeply, regardless of whether Moore serves in the Senate or not, 
the fact that he's still going to be on the ballot. Uh, somewhere close to half the electorate is still going to vote for him. People are saying, state politicians are saying, I don't care what he did. I don't care if this is true or not. If every iota of all of these accusations are true, I'm still going to vote for him because we need a Republican in office. That's what the governor said. Yeah. The governor said that. Those Because are... we need his vote for the tax cut bill. Man. I believe the women, she said. I believe the women. I believe the accusers. But I'm going to vote for this pervert. So he can vote for the tax cut. Bill. That's as naked as it gets, by the way. Yeah. Like nothing matters. Right. You could be as horrible of a person and a human being as you could possibly be. But right. well, you'll vote with us the right way on a couple She'd of things. She'd vote for Charles Manson. If he'd vote for a tax bill. If he'd said he'd vote yeah. for a tax right. cut, he would. Yeah. And that's the thing. Where, where, yeah, where is the the, the bottom? Like is there are, are we, uh, we is there anybody that could run for office? In Alabama, in a, there ain't no bottom. I don't even know if Alabama. Let's let's say if there were a Senate seat open in yeah, in Wisconsin yeah. for for a Republican, like like, is there any person that could run for one of these seats for, for talking about a tax cut and approving future judges uh, that the party wouldn't find some way to get behind? Um, but you know, one thing that the New York Times has an interesting piece today that. That, so there is certainly an opportunity here for Doug Jones, and as we say, the polls show that he's really gaining. The, 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 base, the Democratic Party in Alabama, for all practical purposes, doesn't exist. Yeah. So Doug Jones is almost a one-man yeah, band. Right. You know, there's not. I mean, look, former Democratic chair of California right here. I know what the party's job is. You know, you do the get out the vote. You do the voter registration. You build the platform, the foundation on which a campaign can succeed, right? Well, there's na- there ain't no platform for Doug Jones. So uh, now he's raising a lot of money. Sure. Um, but there's so it's um, yeah. That's the thing, though, is that people don't realize how much state parties matter in this. And you know, although Doug Jones now is out spending and out fundraising yeah. more, mm-hmm. something like twenty to one, uh, it doesn't that it has a limited advantage a month away from the race. Right. A month away from the election, when the state party, the state GOP machine, is completely behind more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you've written about um, redistricting and the uh, uh, the Democrats win phase one or round one of the redistricting. What do you mean by that? So uh, Democrats in Virginia, um, while this is not the G- Virginia General Assembly election that's going to control uh, the maps, that that one is uh, twenty nineteen. Um, but in winning the governor's house and Ralph Northam winning, they now have ensured that one half of the uh, puzzle for redistricting in 2020 is going to be in Democratic hands. Mm-hmm. So how Virginia maps work is the uh, state legislature has to pass them and then the, the governor has to sign them. And so now they've ensured that there there's veto power over uh, the maps coming out in 2020. And Virginia was sort of on the big target list after uh, Republicans took North Carolina, Wisconsin, and they did, uh, let's see, Pennsylvania. They, they they made strong gains in state houses there, built these really mm-hmm. uh, durable gerrymanders in those three states. And Virginia was always next because Virginia is, a, you know, it's turning blue rapidly. Uh, it's naturally a place where it, gerrymanders are highly possible given how people are clustered. And if Republicans had won the, the, the governorship, <laughs> Ed, Gillespie, Ed, Ed Gillespie was yeah. the person who created Red Map, that project that won North exactly. Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Right. Right. If, if he had won, um, then it, it's pretty clear Virginia 
that would all the the gains, the blue gains there would could have been reversed via maps in 2020. So mm-hmm. uh, Democrats are pushing in those other other states. They're pushing in Texas. They're pushing in Florida because but, those are critical redistricting races in 2020. Yeah, that's yeah. why the, that's why the state legislative races are so important and and. And many groups like Move On, like Our Revolution, like Progressive Change Campaign Committee, are and Emily's List are focusing on state legislative races, governors' races. You know, they've got their eye uh, on 2020. But you know, in Virginia, we might also get the House of Delegates mm-hmm. uh, in 2017. It's it looks like now it's going to end up 50-50 or very close to 50-50, anyhow, which is a phenomenal gain for Democrats. But, yeah, and I mean that matters in elections law too. Uh, so people, the the, the <laughs> House of Delegates um, having at least one chamber in, in Democratic hands would that affects elections law that's going to go on the books for 2018 and 2020. That affects uh, whether Ralph Northam's plan to continue the uh, restoration of rights campaign uh, that's going to be viable. Those are important things, um, and those are things that all affect the turnout and the shape of the electorate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, I don't know whether you've had a chance or whether you have done any reporting at all, but I just wanted to mention we have a new, uh, talk about local elections, a new mayor of New Orleans, mm. uh, Latoya Cantrell, a first female mayor of uh, the city of New Orleans, uh, a Democrat, which is not surprising given <laughs> it's New Orleans. New Orleans. There were two women, actually two women Democrats who are running in La Jolla Cantrell succeeds uh, Mitch Landrew. Uh, as uh, the new mayor of Los of New Orleans, there we go. New Orleans is one of those places. It's just like a bright spot in an otherwise pretty dim state. You know, yeah, like yeah. Louisiana is a pretty conservative. Isn't even the word I want to use, but just like stuck in a certain period of time that they're not willing to get out of. Yeah, I don't even know if conservative because like the state government just is questionably exist in places. Like, I'm not even sure <laughs> right, the state right. government has a lot of yeah. Right, people kind of govern themselves in a lot of parts of Louisiana. Yeah. Same for Mississippi, frankly, and Alabama and a lot of the South. But Louisiana is just a totally different breed. Right. So we were almost at Thanksgiving, and the uh, Donald Trump's goal was to get a tax cut bill out of the House by uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. It worked. It worked. All right. And now his goal is to get a tax cut bill out of the Senate by Christmas. By Christmas. And? I think it'll work. Um, now, whether those two bills are anything remotely close in shape and form, that's a different question. And whether the reconciliation process is going to happen between them is going to go smoothly. That's another question. Uh, but I think something's going to pass the Senate. Uh, no, yeah. I agree. It, it You know, um, the late Bob Novak, who was my uh, friend and co-host of Crossfires for so many years, used to say that God put Republicans on earth for one purpose only, which is to cut taxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I heard him say that so many times. But I think he really... He didn't complete the sentence. I think that most Republicans believe that God put Republicans on this earth for one purpose only, and that is to cut taxes for the rich, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. that is there. So um, part of this tax plan in the Senate, of course, is repealing the estate tax, yep. right? Uh, I just was checking. The New York Times <laughs> today uh, did a little piece on this. So today you can leave $11 million dollars to your kids without paying, without their having to pay any estate tax, right? So the people complaining about the estate tax, they already have $11 million right. toll-free, right? 
So anything above that, and this is money that they would get from their parents that they haven't worked for. They haven't. There's no sweat involved, right? And and they're bitching about having to pay any share of that uh, in taxes. How many of them? Well, of 2.6 million people who died last year, uh, a total of 5,209, or 0.2% of the total, would have enough money to have to pay to an pay estate, estate tax, tax, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, they would include, by the way, if, that, if they died this year, Donald Trump, Steve Mnuchin, Betsy DeVos, Wilbur Ross, Rex Tillerson, Elaine Chow, Agricultural Secretary Sonny Perdue, Housing Secretary Ben Carson, and Gary Cohn, Chief of the National Economic Council. This is a this is a provision. This is a tax for the Trump cabinet. I don't know how you can go back to your constituents and say, "Okay, this is the plan that we wanted to put together for you." How what in in what? economic framework does repealing the estate tax and do all these other things, you know, how do they affect the people who voted for you? Screw them. And it's, (laughs) yeah, I don't know how you can go. You know, people love making this, you know, they, they love doing these sepia toned campaign speeches and ads in, in Appalachia and they go to the coal country. How do you go to coal country and tell people, okay, we were repealing the estate tax. Like, what do you, what do you say to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it it seems to be such nakedly bad politics, but I don't think I see the kind of backlash emerging in, from some of their constituency that that you would expect. Uh, well, I, yeah, I don't understand why. Although, if you look at the public opinion polls, the last one I saw, sixteen percent of the American people believe that this tax cut is going to do anything for them. Does it? But they they're still not going to rise up in arms against it. You know what I mean? There's just sort of a kind of shrug, I guess, and say, oh, well. But what's stunning about this to me, on your point, you know, look, you got to give Donald Trump credit. I mean, in the sense, in the campaign, he campaigned with a populist message appealing to blue-collar, middle-class, traditionally Democratic voters and convinced them that he was more on their side than Hillary was, which, by the way, wasn't hard to do because she didn't identify with him at all, right? No message at all. And he won, and now this tax bill is the exact opposite of that message. This tax bill is, no matter how you slice it, going to help the biggest big corporations, the shareholders in these corporations, and the wealthiest people in the country, period. And middle class might get some of them a little break for a couple of years, and then they dis- that break disappears, that break disappears. and they'll yeah. be paying but within five years, middle class will be paying more in every analysis shows this on this bill more in taxes than they do today, and that's what Republicans are going forth with and you know what I agree with you they're going to get away with it and the biggest signifier well, of they'll middle get away class. with it meaning they're yeah. going to pass a bill, and Donald Trump will sign it yeah, yeah. now I hope it blows up in their face in twenty eighteen and it could it could. I just I don't American know how people, much public opinion is connected to actual grassroots pushes anymore. You know, I think we saw it with the uh, the health care repeal. That yeah. thing was polling at like 8%. Yeah. Um, and there was a robust movement against it, but nothing, I think, on the order of 8%. You know, 92% of the country either has no opinion or disagrees with your policy. Like, that should not, it should never make it to the floor. 
and I don't know, you know, politics are just such a way now where it, it almost doesn't matter what, what voters think about. And that, that's another thing with gerrymandering. How many how many people in 2018 are in situations where they're actually, they, they care at all or their constituents are going to uh, vote them out or even have a primary challenge? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, But, you know, it's not just, so this could... Uh, this could backfire on them in 2018. I think certainly it has the potential to backfire. But that's going to depend on whether Democrats deliver the message. Oh, definitely. They, 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 you know, they've got to go out and say, look, do you realize what they did to you last year, right, On when it comes to tax cuts? Uh, and maybe on health care, too, with the it's tall order. Yeah. mandate. It's a it tall order for tall. Democrats to get their messaging together, <laughs> honestly. It just seems like such an easy thing to do with this. Though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. Yeah. If they can do it with this, I have hope. Yeah. But even to those people, you you may have voted for Donald Trump. Well, okay, but here's what here's what here's how he's thanking you, right? Yeah. Right. Here's what he's doing to you. Here's what his that his policies. It was all phony. So uh, we'll see how they do with that. Hey Van, so good to see you today. Thanks so much for coming in. We Thanks remind people they can follow Van Newkirk uh, at theatlantic.com and all of your good friends over there. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, there we go. All right. <laughs> Come back and see us. Come back and see us again soon. All right. Hey, Sabrina Siddiqui joins this us next. This is the Bill Press Show. Hey, everybody. This is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now, do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for the Bill Press Show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Yep, he was quick to condemn Al Franken, but not a word of condemnation about Roy Moore. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll just let the people of Alabama decide this, says Donald Trump. Hello, everybody. And a happy Monday, indeed, uh, coming into a whole new week here. Monday, November 20. Great to see you today. It is the Bill Press Show, and we are booming out to you live from uh, Washington, D.C., in our studio on Capitol Hill right here in the heart of the uh, action with the news of the day from Washington, around the country, and around the globe. Uh, With the help of our good friend from The Guardian, uh, frequent co-host, guest host, and guest friend of Bill on The Bill Press Show, Sabrina Siddiqui's back. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, how are you? How are you? I'm world well. traveler. I am apparently a world traveler. What do you mean? You got, I, I was recently from... in Portugal. I don't want to like make everyone hate me before a time where we're going to be giving thanks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we don't resent the fact that you were uh, in Portugal. You haven't I do. spoken with my I, colleagues I or Peter. Oh, I see. She's yes. a member of the liberal elite. That's right. She's always uh, traveling, going overseas. It's just a little bit of jealousy going on. So yeah, it's great. Love, we love you. We're glad you're back, and hope you had a. And uh, I'm sure you had a great, great time. I did. And thank you for coming in to help us roll through the news of the day. 
which we'll jump right into. Remember, your comments always welcome on Twitter, Jamie, on Twitter, at BP Show. But first... This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. How about this? The American Music Awards. Did you watch this? Anybody watch this? I missed it. I don't have any any, any real uh, winners and losers from it because the, the coolest story, I think, is Demi Lovato showed up and she brought with her on the red carpet Danica Rome. Danica Rome recently elected as Great. the first transgender legislature. She's a member of the mm-hmm. uh, of the U.S. State House in Virginia. She, Virginia House of Delegates. Virginia House of Delegates. She brought her under the red carpet during the American Music Awards last night. So I thought that was very cool. I, again, I couldn't tell you like one of Demi Lovato's songs or whether or not she won, but and cool I think and Dana beat someone who was trying to sponsor. Bob Yes, yeah. this anti-transgender yeah, yeah. uh, transgender bill. Like I think it was one of those bathroom bills. Or he something. was one of the guys who authored the whole bathroom yes. bill. No, he yeah. did. And by the way, he wrote a letter to the Washington Post last week. Yeah, loser, yeah. sore loser. And I hope not, it hurt. Not saying I hope that lost. Congratulations! Hurt. I congratulate my opponent. We 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 both you know we ran a good race or something, and I'll be glad. No, no, no. He attacked her. Ugh. And said it was going to cost bankrupt Virginia now because they're going to have to pay for all those transsexual operations. Again, it's like this is what the election was all about. She was talking about fixing the roads, and, and he, he wanted was to talking fight about, about bathrooms. bathrooms. Doesn't he bills. sound like a stand-up guy? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so Thanksgiving is this week, which means we're just around the corner from Christmas. <laughs> there are those turkeys, man. Get those turkeys ready. Bill, for I didn't know about this hidden talent. They're running, Only they're the freshest turkeys that we have running. They're around the running studio. all around the studio. <laughs> well, in time gaggle for, of turkeys. There we go. In time for uh, for the Christmas holiday, uh, Joe Scarborough from another show released an EP titled "A Very Drumpf Christmas." It is of his band. You know, he yeah, has a band. Yeah. yeah. And it's three <laughs> tracks on the uh, EP called Christmas Time. This Christmas, it's You and Me and The Drumpf. The Drumpf Christmas. Is anyone else terrified of when Trump pardons the turkey tomorrow? We already talked about that. Well, he's going to kill yeah. that turkey. <laughs> he's going to kill that turkey. He's going to cook it. He's going to eat it. I'm going because I want to see him in that turkey. Yeah. I want to see which one. There's so many variations. <laughs> I want to see which one has the worst. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. And, like, you know, we mentioned earlier that the George you know, W. Trump Bush has a little turkey Bill. thing going on. Yeah, Bill, turkey, since yeah. you perfected your turkey call, you can save him in case he tries to kill him. Yeah. That could be yeah, your yeah. warning. Yeah. You give me the decoy. Oh, yeah. I could, you give me the decoy. I can call the turkey. Turkey come running to me. Yeah. Get yeah, go for it. Give that a shot. On your radio, on TV, and online, this is The Bill Press Show. Yes, indeed, Donald Trump. Quick to condemn Al Franken, but not a word of condemnation against uh, Roy Moore. You know why? Because he is Roy Moore. Hey, hello, everybody. What do you say? Monday, November 20. Great to see you today. Here we are, The Bill Press Show, live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, Joining you on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And don't forget, when you go on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. That's very, very important. Uh, we want you uh, to watch on YouTube. We also want you to subscribe uh, so we know 
who you are, how many you are, and so you can get our updates and videos all throughout the day. Uh, also joining you, of course, on Free Speech TV and out in Chicago on the great progressive voice of Chicago, WCPT, in studio with us uh, for this next hour is a friend of Bill, our good friend Sabrina Siddiqui. Hello, Sabrina. Hello. You join us uh, halfway through, and we've had lots of comments on uh, Twitter uh, coming in. That's uh, right. Jamie, keeping on track of track of those. That's right. We're on Twitter, at BP Show. A couple of miscellaneous comments, then I want to get to a poll uh, regarding a topic uh, that I'm uh, sure we'll okay. get into with Sabrina. Uh, our, our buddy Smacky Pipe on Twitter says, you know... Real Donald Trump had a great morning, turned on Fox News, saw Charles Manson had died, and shouted, hot damn, I'm now officially the most rotten SOB in America. <laughs> That's a good one, Smacky Pipe. Oh, boy. Uh, KG, KG underscore one, another one of our uh, Twitter friends, wrote this morning, God put Republicans on Earth because Satan was busy. All right. Oh, God. Let's get to our poll on Twitter. Again, follow us on Twitter. At Beep. They're, they're fired up this morning, Monday morning. With that with the turkey file, by the way. Yeah, right. Yeah. That we've had enough turkeys. Are you sure about that? Yes, we have. Positive? Yes. <laughs> All right. yeah. Just one more. Okay. Uh, here's the poll question we put up. Uh, should Senator Al Franken resign? Okay? We we have these, these, these accusations now. He has acknowledged that... That something has happened. Seventeen percent of you, just seventeen percent of you, say yes. Al Franken should resign. Seventy-one percent say no. Twelve percent of you say if there are more victims, he should resign. A, co- a comment from Pillar Strength, Pillar underscore Strength on Twitter says you can't just tell someone to resign before all the facts are in. What do you think? Keep weighing in on Al Franken, Donald Trump, Roy Moore. We're on Twitter at BP Show on YouTube, YouTube.com backslash the Bill Press Show. For the record, Jamie, uh, Leanne Tweeden, who is the radio talk show host from KABC in Los Angeles, who was the, the, the woman who came forward about uh, Al Franken and uh, his uh, uh, inappropriate conduct toward her on a USO tour back in 2006, uh, she was on Good Morning America Friday, I believe, and said, in terms of Al Franken resigning... I didn't do this to to have him step down. I think Al Franken does a lot of good things in the Senate. I, you know, I think that's for the people of Minnesota to decide. He's not going to step down. He said over the weekend, Sabrina, he's I don't not going to step think down. that he Nor will. He. And I think that this being one isolated incident where the woman has accepted his apology and, he, you know, while it was absolutely inappropriate, um, it didn't rise to sexual assault or some of what, you know, for example, Roy Moore and Trump himself have been accused of. Um, He will probably weather this storm. And, you know, obviously there's this ethics inquiry that's now underway. I think barring any other women coming forward with credible accusations of similar behavior, I think he will um, be able to stay in the Senate, especially because there are also women who have made the case that... um, Given this seems to be an isolated incident, and and again, you know, there's there are yeah, levels right. of 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 severity of what the accusation might be. Um, he also is someone who has a very strong record on women related issues and advocating for policies to you know help uh, protect from sexual assault. And I think so. They also see him as an ally. There's a group of women who worked for him or mm-hmm. with him actually who who came forward with a statement saying that their relations with him over the years have been nothing but but positive. I think positive. the question for Democrats because I know that you know there's a 
there's a tremendous difference between there's no, you can't even compare you know Roy Moore has been accused of and what we heard about Al Franken last week or for that matter even Trump because you have more than a dozen women who've accused Trump of groping right. and kissing them without their consent at a minimum and then sexual you know sexual assault and even up, rising up to rape and other incidences so you know th- there's no comparison but I think what Democrats will have to decide is you know what will their approach be because the, you know this is the first of many lawmakers from both parties who are going to be accused in the coming weeks, months, years of sexual assault or harassment or misconduct, depending. And they're going to have to decide, is it going to be a zero tolerance policy? Is it going to be case by case? Because it's going to be, there's going to be varying degrees. You know, there are 535 members of Congress. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of them are men. But I have to tell you, every single man in Congress today is under investigation by some reporter for whether or not there are things in his past Mm -hmm. uh, that should be brought forward or women who would be willing to bring it forward. I want to ask you about this Senate Ethics Committee investigation because we've been kicking this around Mm -hmm. off the air, actually. But what are they going to investigate? Meaning, what jurisdiction does the Senate Ethics Committee have over anything done by any member of con- of Congress before they were in Congress? I think the... Isn't the answer zero? I think it is technically zero, uh, but I think what they would likely do, and you have this letter now from women who have worked for him, is look through, comb through his records since he came to the Senate, see if, they, you know, interview women who've been associated with him in his office, see if there is any pattern, see if there's been, and they, they already have a letter, but they'll probably go through, you know, people he's worked with and, and the time they spend the Senate and his, and representing Minnesota and, and see if there's been any other behavior. Um, I, I actually think that there are some people who believe that Mitch McConnell almost gave Democrats a little bit of an out by just coming out the gate and calling for an ethics investigation, yeah. which is actually yeah. not calling on him to resign and not really opening up that door yeah. Um, yeah. to yeah. just kind of say, like, well, this is, seems like the appropriate step so that because at this time where all these women are coming forward and there's the you know the floodgates have opened we're somehow saying okay we're looking into this you know because I, he is I, a senator now about, but we're not gonna go I, i'm thinking back to whenever it was, for more. i don't even know whether i was around then mm-hmm. but pardon me i've still been in california with bob packwood the senator from oregon yep. you know who was forced to resign Mm-hmm. Uh, after a Senate Ethics Committee investigation, and multiple women had come out as a yeah. senator, and he had forced himself yeah. on French kissing and all that kind of stuff. But as a senator, right? right? I, I I don't think we want a Senate Ethics Committee that has jurisdiction to go into someone's life before before. I don't. I think that or after. I think mm-hmm. that it would probably it's, be it would probably be the time that he has spent since he's been in the Senate and. Um, you know, I think that they know that because of a lot of the reports that have come out about everyone from Harvey Weinstein to Kevin Spacey to Bill O'Reilly to you name, you know, we said Trump and more. It's you. It's usually not one isolated incident. Now, this could be the case that this this and it, actually I think that Al Franken is being so unequivocal in his apology and also saying, you know, he doesn't have any intention of stepping down. If you would think and hope that he has sat down with his staff and, and gone through anything yeah, that could be construed right, as a right, similar right. issue. Um, but, but you know, I think that that's sort of a way of, of saying we, we don't want to pretend this didn't happen and just have him the issue, the apology, and then, uh, and then just move on 
um, because of a lot of the reports and a lot of the momentum around treating this very seriously. I, I still don't think that, that having said that, I think that they're probably then going to, if, if it is accurate and you have a lot of women in his office who are defending him and, and how, and you know, the kind of man that he is, I, I think they it could well be that this inquiry closes. They don't really see anything beyond this one incident and say, well, right. he's apologized. How do you speak, uh, speak to us about the contrast, mm-hmm. the difference between Al Franken's response <laughs> and Roy Moore's response yeah. and Donald Trump's response? Well, night and there's day. night and day, right. and, and it's, you know, in addition to not simply the response being night and day, as I said earlier, the accusations themselves are incomparable. Um, but, you know, in both case of both Moore and Trump, they have not only denied the allegations, but they have blamed the victims of lying, uh, and they've sought to discredit those victims. They have threatened those victims threatened to sue them. with legal recourse. They are also in general, uh, you know, taking this tactic of attacking the media um, and, and seeking to discredit the reporters um, who've who've done their due diligence in investigating these matters uh, and just waged a full campaign against the women, um, against their accusers, when these are a lot, these are very credible claims that have been stacked up over time. Um, and I think that, you know, there's so there's differences, of course, between even Trump and Moore, but because Moore is the one who is currently up for election in Alabama, I mean, he is essentially, if these claims are true, um, preying on I mean, young women. I mean, that we know he preyed on young women because everyone has said he did so in the mall and he was banned right. from the mall. I mean, you know, consensual or not, there is there is a legal age with which you are able to pursue relationships and. F- Girls who are as young as 14 years old you know, do not meet that minimum threshold, regardless of what. If you have to ask their mom for permission, they are too young. He, they yeah. are too young if you have That's to ask their mom yeah. for permission. That was his defense. Yeah, I like dating young women, but I never dated one of them. And he there said. are other women who He are... said, I never dated one of them until yeah. I, uh, unless I had asked their mom for permission first. That Man, still makes and my one, skin and crawl. And just to be, in one of the women, because he says some of these were consensual, insofar as a child can give consent, you know, one of these women said that he has accused him of assault when she was 18 years yeah. old, uh, 16 years old, sorry. Yeah. So, so this is not just, you know, some girls that he took on dates and asked their mom for permission, even though that within itself is problematic. There are women who are also accusing him of assault right. and, at a minimum, so, misconduct and harassment. Yeah, and, and in terms of what Donald Trump w- might uh, or has said uh, about um, or not said, more, <laughs> yeah, he hasn't said anything. He keeps he said he'd deal with it when he came back, and of course he hasn't. But he sent Sarah Huckabee Sanders out a couple of times as recently as Friday, where she said that here is the president. Of course, finds this troubling. The president certainly finds the allegations extremely troubling, as I stated yesterday, uh, and he feels like it's up to the governor and the state, uh, the people in the state of Alabama to make a determination on whether or not they delay that election, delay or whether or not they support and vote for Roy Moore. So if he finds it troubling, (laughs) why won't he condemn it? Or if he finds it troubling, why won't he at least say, I hope the people of Alabama make the right decision? I mean, why not? And again, so quick to condemn Al Franken. Why not condemn Roy Moore? Well, there are two factors at play here. One is the 
political calculation where he is refusing to go up against Steve Bannon, his close ally, who has stood by Roy Moore throughout this, um, and and recognizing that Steve Bannon and mm-hmm. Roy Moore are representative of the base, which is Trump's base, and and now the Republican base, and sure. what used to be disqualifying so is no longer so for a large swath of Republicans. So-called Trumpism is actually now yeah. the mainstream. But then there's also just the fact that I frankly don't think that Trump cares that Roy Moore has, is guilty potentially of, of his own background of this conduct. If yes, if you look at his own background, yeah. if you look at what he said on those yeah. Access Hollywood yeah. tapes, which were heard around the world, he actually seems to think it is perfectly okay is to grope and kiss women without their consent. Yeah. Um, so I frankly think he thinks that this he sees a lot in common with Roy Moore on you know. Who knows what issue you have Roy Moore say that, you know, you you to you, frankly, many um, years ago that homosexuality should be illegal. You've had Roy mm-hmm. Moore uh, come out and say that, you know, a Muslim member of Congress, you shouldn't a Muslim in, individual should not be able to serve in Congress yeah. or take the oath of office. So, uh, frankly speaking, I think that, you know, there is <laughs> certainly on the latter. Um, I think that there's stuff that Trump has in common with Roy Moore and he probably is perfectly happy to see him be elected as a senator um, and doesn't much care about the allegations against him. Uh, and he was quick to take the bait when it came to Al Franken by tweeting about him. Uh, so he actually really does and clearly see this as uh, political as a political ploy where he can just pick right. sides and say, well, this one is bad, but this one isn't, which is when you know that someone actually doesn't care. Sabrina Siddiqui with us from The Guardian, theguardian.com. I thought that one of the most telling things of the, this whole uh, Trump versus Roy Moore situation was with Sarah Sanders on Friday where she was asked, what, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, well, uh, or, 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 or between Al Franken and, here, here and, she is. and uh, Donald Trump. I think in one case, specifically, uh, Senator Franken has admitted wrongdoing and the president hasn't. I think that's a very clear distinction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is remarkable. I don't that even. That is remarkable. She said it, then she heard it. Like, oh, I don't yeah. think that that's oh, what, whoops. That what I meant to say because it didn't quite come out. Yeah. She yeah. thought that it would mean to say, she's just trying yeah. to say, like, yeah. you know, he is acknowledged yeah. this, whereas the Trump continues to yeah. say it's yeah. untrue, but then it ended yeah. up just making that's Trump. A- yeah, that's look exactly. like exactly. Yeah, Donald Trump. In other words, he did it, but he just hasn't admitted it. Someone yeah. who wanted to do it. Uh, that's yeah. the. Uh, I think that's, that's a very clear distinction. That's a big <laughs> distinction. Sure. Yeah, yes. Right. Indeed. Uh, okay. So the sixty-four thousand dollar question today is: Did Democrats make a big mistake? As Kirsten Gillibrand, senator from New York, uh, claims, did Democrats make a big mistake in not demanding that Bill Clinton resign oh, uh, over the Monica Lewinsky scandal? Well, I think that Kirsten Gillibrand certainly um, in the moment, because she has really positioned herself as one of the uh, foremost advocates for women who have in the workplace, and, and she, she has been, been and she has in the been military, she's in been the military tremendous. with respect to military Great. sexual assault, also just with respect to workplace policies mm-hmm. like family mm-hmm. leave. You know, she in the moment was reacting to a clear question from the New York Times and trying to contextualize Bill Clinton. If this were today, then he would have to go. But uh, she also, in her, her office, I think immediately knowing that they had potentially done some damage um, in Clinton world and uh, tried to say, look, she was she was also acknowledging that the early 90s were a very different time. And so this was certainly dealt with differently. I think that having said that, now that she has 
come out and said Bill Clinton should have resigned or would have had to resign if it happened today, Democrats will be faced with that question because um, although you know there's some there are some claims against Bill Clinton that have not been as credible, but then there are others that deserve potentially a second look. Um, and I think that they that Democrats know that they have kind of been reluctant to at all address the allegations against Bill Clinton because it also was so political because you did have this massive investigation by Ken Starr that was politically motivated mm-hmm. with like lots of taxpayer dollars wasted. Um, you, I think it would be more about the idea of a president um, who is very obviously in the most powerful position um, making overtures toward an intern who at the time was what 19 uh, I don't know exactly no, just in her early 20s early 20s sorry exactly, but, but making but overtures I'm, toward an intern so people might look back at some of that and say is it an abuse of power we're now sort of you know looking at this in in uh with with, with a new context but it it does force democrats to now have to answer this question whether they like it or not um as to whether or not bill clinton should have resigned and people will have i think very different opinions uh, there's also a big difference, right? Yeah. Monica Lewinsky never, never said that this was anything other than consensual sex. Right. Yes, I think she that was I young, think she was his daughter's age. She was of age. Yes. And she was a willing participant and partner. Right. She wasn't a teenager. You're right. She was in her early twenties. So she's a little bit older. I think it'd be a question of and, and people a, might look and say, "Is it still like somewhat of an abuse of power because she's?" an intern and very young for him to well, have thought it was appropriate to even hit on her. Well, no, he was but, absolutely dead wrong to yes. do this. All I'm saying is right. I think it's fair yeah. to make a distinction. Consensual sex is not sexual assault. Yes. Even if it's a little icky and like even they're like the, yeah. the circumstances around. Even it are if not it's good. with your mother in law or when the or person is um or your sister, when the person is of a not, when the person is of a legal Age, yes. Just to go, yes. Yeah. No, she, no. she was, yeah. Yes. Because then, no. like, I'm, the Roy Moore I'm, case, I'm, yes, of course, they were teenagers. She was not. Oops. You're all right. Okay. I actually kicked a... Oh. I rang the bell to right. say we're out of time. No, I... <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think look, I was trying to say overall is I think there are also many accusations that have been made against Bill Clinton. Um, some have had holes in them. Some, you know, I think people might look back and say, was it also right. because we covered this very but, differently? We were... You but know, we, those we, were really before he was elected, which gets to my next question. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it would would given. Let's yeah. go back to the campaign. What came out about Paula Jones and mm-hmm. Juanita Broderick and whatever? Given that, if that were today, would Bill Clinton be elected? And the same question is today, just a year later. If the Access Hollywood tape came out and Donald Trump were running this year after the Harvey Weinstein yes. and all this kind of stuff, would Donald Trump be elected today? I think the answer to both of those is probably no. Probably not. But then at the same time, it kind of depends on how this you know, plays out with Roy Moore. I think um, Trump proved that that people are still willing to overlook this problem. And I think in politics, there's still a distinction what there shouldn't be, but because people let their ideology override yeah. behavior, um, whereas with Harvey Weinstein and other people in the entertainment world, it's more abstract for people. Like, okay, well, that person should no longer make movies yeah. and whatever. They should have, we have to resign from their company. But with politics, they're willing to vote on party so, lines, party lines and so many other issues. But I think, look, the thing about Bill Clinton, what? I will say, is 
it's just not relevant anymore. No, that's what I was saying. The, 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 here's right, the thing: that. is I I don't disagree that that you know that Democrats might be in an awkward position if people ask them to do this retrospective analysis, and they'll have to find a fine line between making a distinction between mm-hmm. his behavior and yeah. some of what other people have been accused of. But he is no longer involved. Um, Mm-hmm. In in he's out of the ballot anymore. If he is campaigning for Democrats, then then okay, they're going to have to probably now answer these right. questions right. as to you know what his conduct uh, uh, should, yeah. should, how it should be viewed, um, whether he should be on the stump. But he's not on the ballot. He is not running for office, and he is not going to be, especially with Hillary Clinton no but, longer running, an integral part of I think the party infrastructure. Times have changed, and the other the final point I'd make is mm-hmm. I think that it's pretty clear. If Clarence Thomas were up for confirmation to the Supreme Court today, he would not be confirmed to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. either. Yeah, that was a time when uh, people just kind of swept things under the rug. Yeah. Uh, sadly. Donald Trump is back from Asia. What a huge success, right? You've been <laughs> <about that. laughs> so he says. Yeah. If you don't believe it. Don't believe anybody him. else. Just believe what, him. What, what did he achieve by those 12 days in Asia? Other than occasionally, pissing, pissing a few people occasionally off. he sounded coherent because he read from a teleprompter, which we've we've been able to obviously um, see is always fleeting. Mm-hmm. Look, I think that until toward the end of the trip when he went off the rails, right, right? Until toward the end of the trip, I think that at the end of the day, um, I you know there's there's nothing really to show for his first now what ten months in office, almost eleven. Um, and, and he's coming back to this controversy over Roy Moore. And so he, he, he doesn't have any, you know, he's tax reform is already in trouble. Obviously they failed to repeal and replace Obamacare. All he can really do is sort of wage his own filibuster by giving a 24 minute speech about the great success of his trip to Asia and, and, and fixating on, you know, style over substance and not, not really having any... that they made he made all these great business deals, which have really been in the making for a long time. They've been making uh, for a long time. What he, he didn't say... He blew up the trade deal. Well, so, so what he, he didn't say, yes, for example, is that the rest of the participants, countries um, who are part of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the historic 12-nation uh, pact that Obama had pursued... Um, that they're going forth without the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right. so if anything, the U.S. is now going to be taking a backseat and losing um, authority uh, in one of the largest trading regions in the world. Um, and and I think that you know in, in, with North Korea, it, he wants to pretend he suddenly solved the problem as if he as if there was anything meaningful that that happened. Um, and you also see the distinction between, you know, how he talks tough on China when he's back here at home. And then sits down right on some pussycat with a <laughs> And then well, doesn't the really same thing press. With, um, I mean, to what, mm-hmm. to what extent should we believe that he raised the issue of human rights with Duterte in the Philippines? Oh, well, he shouldn't because he thinks that he's doing a great job. Yeah. And he has time and again expressed affinity for Duterte who has overseen thousands of extrajudicial killings in in his drug war, as he phrases it, and um, Trump has praised him specifically My for how he has handled that. My kind that. of leader, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, right. Let alone spoken with him at all, which is something that previous and invited him to the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people forgot months ago he issued an invitation to Duterte to come to the White House, uh, which he hasn't done. But the fact that that invitation was even ever extended, can you ever imagine if Obama? I mean, so we can't play that game anymore because you. 
because it's just I know, I know. Uh, you can say yeah. that every single day. Yeah, but can you day. ever imagine what would have happened if Obama or had Hillary. invited or Hillary had, had invited Duterte to the White House? He, if he had even spoken with, spoke with him on the phone, it would have been like World War Three. It would have been never ending. Yeah, it would have the coverage of that would have been never ending. I know. That's a game that we just cannot play. I know, and I, I know. try not to. I've tried to stop doing we, that, but we are, God. Every time we do it, it, we say we shouldn't be doing this, but but it, it's impossible. It's really impossible to uh, yeah. not to think of, right? Because the contrast is so great. Uh, Serena Siddiqui here. Good to have her with us as a friend of Bill's entire hour, and we're going to be joined by Igor Babish from the Huff Post. I can't believe you invited him on the show. Oh, no, really? <laughs> I'm leaving. Uh, should we have asked your permission first? <laughs> Former colleagues at HuffPost, uh, Igor Babish joining us next year on the Bill Press Show. Download our podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. commentary the best clips from the show all in one place youtube.com slash the bill press show okay here we go on a monday monday november 20 hello everybody thanks for joining us here uh the bill press show coming to you live from washington dc our nation's capital uh and uh i don't know sort of like 28 days left or something shopping days you know until you know when uh, so I've got a hot tip for you. I'm going to save you a lot of time, a lot of trouble. Don't have to go out to the stores. Don't have to even think about uh, what to get you yourself or your loved one for uh, for Christmas. Just go to BillPressShow.com, click on the Carol Press Scarves, and you can walk Ooh. away with a beautiful hand-woven scarf like this one I'm That's wearing. That's lovely. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. Carol Press. I'm just glad somebody scarves. in the Press family has talent. We found out that Carol's Ooh. the talented one. I have some hidden talents. I can do a mean imitation of a turkey. That's what I heard. I heard about that. <laughs> heard about there we go. There, it is. there we go. Tee that one up himself. <laughs> I, I think I might as well. Because yeah. we're going to come you anyhow. Gonna... This is a rayon chenille. Beautiful. Lots of different designs and colors. Uh, wow. Carol also does them in bamboo, which is a beautiful, beautiful fabric, almost like silk. So go to BillPressShow.com, check out the Carol Press scarves, uh, and you yourself can be as handsome as I am. Sabrina Siddiqui here with us as a friend of Bill the entire hour. Igor Babish from HuffPost joining us. Hello, Igor. Good to hey, see you. Thanks for having me. So uh, Hello, I have Igor. a new... Hello, oh, wow. Sabrina. Hi, Sabrina. Hi. Look at this. Uh, so I have a new little favorite uh, place. I hate to talk about competition here, but the New York Times about a year ago, they started a new thing at the very... on the. Page A3, they pick up little tidbits, little facts from stories all throughout the paper and say these are like the most interesting little tidbits. And mm. the other day I mentioned one, Peter, if you recall, that for every human being on the planet, there are 17 million flies. Ugh. That's Ugh. disgusting. Stat. Isn't that disgusting? <laughs> that is disgusting. It just means... Give it up, right? You're not going to kill all the flies. This is the worst factoid. You, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a fan of these. Happy factoids. Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. Here's my factoid for the for the day in this morning's New York Times. According to Netflix, 12 percent of Americans who watch television shows or movies outside the home admit watching them in a public restroom. 
Oh. Ew. What? Isn't that disgusting? Is it? Oh are the, all these factoids supposed to be gross, or is it just the ones <laughs> no, that you've shared? No, the ones that I like. The ones I like are all gross. Theme here. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is urine? We, we the, with a phone in the bathroom? Is that what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Oh. Oh. But how are you watching in the bathroom? On your phone. I mean, yes, but like, who? <laughs> sitting. I, sitting. I, I, I think it's, I mean, don't. No, this idea. Jamie actually did that just, yeah, just like five minutes. Jamie's about to walk right into something. No, 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 no. I can't I, imagine. I have been doing in a bathroom that. stall and I have heard a movie or a television show in the stall next to me. Before. There you no, go. I have personal experience with this, but no, I have not done it myself. Thank you very much. Uh, that's convenient. I've heard someone else, <laughs> yeah. a friend of mine, actually does all right. this all the just time. Just asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. This I told you, when this day is finished, that what you will remember from this day is that factoid. You heard it. Yeah. Never first. forget You're that right. we're, we're all just a bunch of disgusting animals. <laughs> yeah. That's really the biggest you know takeaway. That's what it proves, yeah. yeah. All right. So, Igor, you've written about this yesterday in the Birmingham News, the headline in the number one newspaper in Alabama, in big, big, bold print Stand for decency, reject Roy Moore. What difference will that make? Uh, there were two other papers that did the same. That's right. That's right. They're the three papers, they're the biggest, largest newspapers in the, in the state, uh, owned by the same company, who put up this banner editorial at the top uh, telling people to, to vote for Doug Jones. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm skeptical um, whether it's going to have some kind of a backlash and, and encourage more of his supporters you know, to vote. So I'm, I'm, I'm unsure. Certainly, certainly every... Almost every prominent newspaper editorial endorsed Hillary Clinton. That's right. Um, and explicitly said not to, in more, in uns- in, in no what, more, in no, 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 Alabama? sorry, I mean it across the country. Oh, oh, I mean yeah. more about the relevance of newspaper editorials. Now, I know in local races, state level races, mm-hmm. they can still have some influence because more people do read the paper, but. I, I, I pay attention to their local paper, I should say. But I don't think that they have the same sway. And I think, as Igor said, there's so much disdain for the media yeah. that I yeah. almost wonder if it has a reverse effect. Well, I was on MSNBC yesterday, and the woman ahead of me was a Trumper. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yes, she was a Trumper, but she was a Roy Moore supporter, so-called evangelical Christian. Mm. Uh, and she was making the point, the argument she kept coming back to, it was her talking point was, we people in Alabama don't want them people in New York and Washington to tell us how to vote, right? So she was making it a, this is us versus them. Right. I could see that they will, the more people will take this too and make it us versus them, meaning this is the media yeah. trying to tell us what to do. They they think we're dumb, right? So the main uh, counterpoint that, that Roy Moore... <laughs> yeah. fair, fair. Well, so, some of us more than others. Uh, <laughs> Wow, damn, don't look at me like that. I have some hot tea in my hand, and I'm ready to use it. Um, the main point that Roy Moore and his supporters have been driving throughout this whole thing has been, oh, the Washington Post, you know, elitist yeah, coastal right. uh, newspaper telling us what to do. Well, here you've got three newspapers, you know, local newspapers saying don't vote for Roy Moore. I, I also will say, though, that like the a lot the Post obviously has been at the forefront of some of these revelations, but so has AL.com, the yeah. like local paper. But somehow I think people have managed to just compartmentalize voters, I mean, in Alabama Even and just only fixate on the Post. And I think right, more and Trump yeah. and or well, more and like other other people who are his supporters have been but, using a strategy to really well, make it seem like it's only the Even Washington if it's Post. Alabama publication, right? right? I think they make that argument. 
It's the media. Right. And one other thing to point out, just not in Alabama politics, right? Like Birmingham is different than the rest of Alabama in the sense that, like, Birmingham is cosmopolitan in their eyes. It's the big city. And, mm-hmm. like, they think that, I mean, they there is a high percentage of African Americans that live in Birmingham. They just elected this very, very progressive Democratic Socialist mayor, uh, Woodfin, in Birmingham. And so, like, the rest of Alabama doesn't necessarily look at Birmingham as, like, right. how things are, like, truly reflective of the rest of the state. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I mean, I think that there are a lot of people who are just ignoring the fact that Roy Moore could still win this. Yeah. And, and like, I predict that he would early on. I'm not so sure about that now that there's been just this onslaught of women that continue to come out and say these things. Well, but, like, he could still win. What I found interesting is that he sort of copied the, the Donald Trump playbook. Yep. Totally. Uh, you know, on Friday, he yeah. uh, put on stage, I think, 20 women who came yeah. out and you yeah. know, testified on his behalf. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to what Donald Trump did in the, in the wake of the the uh, Access Hollywood tape. Yeah. Uh, in fact, one of the uh, women there uh, uh, described him um, in unusual terms. Uh, her name is Gina Boggs, again, a, a so-called Christian evangelical. I have found his character to be only one thing, and that is godly. Godly. He cares more about what God says and thinks than anything else in his life. So when the one girl said she was 14 and he took his clothes off and made her touch his penis through his underwear, that's her definition of godly. You just can't even imagine people who stand up for this guy. At any rate, let's move on. Why? I'm so glad you're here because I wanted you to explain to us why the Republicans believe that giving permanent tax cuts to corporations is okay, but giving... Temporary tax cuts mm-hmm. to the middle class is also okay. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll give you two answers, and I asked this question this week on the Hill. Um, one is they believe that uh, when you give corporations a tax cut, that's going to trickle down to the middle class and, and the, the financially needy um, in, in, you know, in lower wages and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lower, lower uh, prices that you have to pay at the store. When's the last time that worked? Uh, in the last three tax cuts that Congress has pushed through, <laughs> I think study after study has shown that that effect is minimal. Um, and work, right, right, but they're still selling that same old turkey. Exactly, you know? exactly. And then, and the other question, the other answer they give to that uh, question is, uh, well, this is the way that we've set up the rules, and the rules are that um, in order to pass this thing with fifty votes, they've got to stay under a certain threshold of of debt. That they're going to pile on 1.5 trillion. Uh, mm-hmm. So essentially, the answer mm-hmm. is, well, we've we've got to you know comply with this gimmick, and that's why they've got to be temporary. But don't worry, because the future Congress is going to keep those tax cuts for the middle class. Yeah, you used a good word there. I mean, I I think, and I saw somebody wrote a piece about this that this whole bill can be summarized as a series of gimmicks. Mm. You know, many, and this is a, maybe one of the, the biggest ones is in order to stay under this one and a half trillion dollar threshold, which, which by the way is still a lot of money to add to the national debt if you're a so-called deficit hawk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But they they've they've rigged it so they can get away with that, right? But then, so even though it's going to cost more, they do this little gimmick: we're going to reverse the tax cuts, right? 
but therefore they stay under the limit. But then they say, but don't worry about it because the future Congress will never dare take these tax cuts away from you. There are ways to write a bill where you don't have to do this. It's not like, you know, they're forced. Somebody's, you know, holding their hands behind their backs and like, oh, we've got to do this. You know, you, you can you can go other ways without using this kind of gimmick. It's going to pass, Sabrina? Well, actually, it's unclear. You now have as many as six Republicans who in the Senate who have... And that's where the game is, the Senate. ...reservations. I mean, the House already passed the A version, and I think it's going to be a lot like uh, efforts to repeal and replace Obamacare, where the Senate is moving on its own plan, uh, ignoring what was passed by the House, and has enough skeptics um, who... Who have no, no, numerous issues, I think, but I think certainly the the decision by the Senate to tie the individual mandate repeal to uh, this tax reform bill is uh, within of itself enough to lose Susan Collins, potentially Lisa Murkowski. Um, you have Ron Johnson on the fence, although he said the same thing about health care and voted for it anyway. But you have, mm-hmm. you know, I think you have the same obstacles in this in the Senate that you had with health care. And if it is going to go down, it will go down in the Senate. There are those who some even supporters of the Affordable Care Act who say that they don't support doing away with the individual mandate. But that that is not going to be is not the silver bullet that would kill Obama, that that Obamacare would survive even without that. It would survive, uh, but it, it would be hobbled, um, in, primarily in the sense that once you remove that mandate, fewer people are in the entire system, and, pri- and premiums would go up as a result. And particularly healthy people would... Correct. Would, right. I mean, they, Younger, they, healthy people would not buy, mm-hmm. right? The CBO said uh, roughly 13 million more people would be uninsured by 2027. As a result of as that. As a result of repealing the individual mandate. Um, and that's not to mention premiums going up, as Igor pointed to, um, so I think that th- that for for Republicans who um, oppose the Obamacare appeal efforts uh, in the in the multiple iterations that we saw over this past year, um, I think that they have every reason to have the same reservations about this tax bill. So it's clearly a, a gambit by Senate Republicans to say, well, maybe if we tie it to tax cuts, we can compel more people to vote because it's sort of acting on two promises. Um, but it could very well backfire. And if anything, persuade others to back away from a bill that they otherwise would have supported, because there are differences on the issue of tax uh, reform. And I think there are disagreements within the Republican Party, but not on the level of how to repeal and replace Obamacare. I think mm-hmm. I think the difficulty that Republicans have to to find consensus and get fifty one votes on any issue kind of is that's what the driving force is between you know Roy Moore and not having to dump him. They're having such a hard time trying to get everybody on the same page. Losing his vote, solid vote, would even complicate things more. And not to mention the plan itself, the tax plan is wildly unpopular. And that was the same problem with the health care mm-hmm. bill. Yeah. I mean, it's polling, you know, it's, I mean, anywhere from 14 to 17 percent. Yeah, I saw 16 percent. And, and, and the thing about taxes is that there's such a small um, block of voters who actually view this as a priority. Mm-hmm. This is a priority for Republicans in Washington and the traditional orthodoxy that they have tied themselves to, um, you know, for decades but the but it's not for even even their base is not prioritizing like, tax reform. They, we we live in a period of time where like Chris Collins, the the Republican um, who was supporting Donald Trump early early on, Lindsey Graham, both came out and made comments that like, 
well, we've got to get this done or else our donors are going to be mad oh, at yeah. us. Well, yeah. that's what it like, is. We live in that period yeah. of time where that that's their reasoning for going through And they with admit it. it. Yeah, flat out. <laughs> flat We're out. trying to hide it. Right. Um, so I just want to go back to Roy Moore for a second just as a, just as a, a, a segue to a different topic. But Kayla Moore, Roy Moore's wife, said the weirdest thing at this news conference oh, with boy. all these women on Friday <laughs> When she said that Donald Trump actually owes them a gra- debt of gratitude. Here she is. I personally think he owes us a thank you. <laughs> thank you. You notice you're not hearing too much about Russia. We've changed the subject. We're not hearing oh, too amazing. much about Russia I mean, they anymore. Need to give, they need to give Kayla Moore like a CNN job or yeah. something. Yeah, that's right. just like yeah. okay. punditry. That's like, uh, yeah, yeah. that's right. great. It's a Kellyanne but, Conway hit right there. Right. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But the truth is, we're not hearing that much about Russia anymore, right? So True. let's go back to Russia because one thing we we hear Friday over the weekend is that Jared Kushner, who just can't help himself by stepping in a day after day. He originally said, I never knew anything about WikiLeaks, not involved, and no communication whatsoever. Oops, it turns out he was on the receiving end of emails about WikiLeaks and responded to a couple of them. That's right. Um, and, and listen, Bill, I don't know why you have it out for Jared. The guy's going to bring uh, peace to the Middle East. Oh, I think we need to let, yeah. let these things slide a little bit. He's yeah. going to end the war True. in yeah. Afghanistan. <laughs> He's yeah. going to overhaul the whole federal government and how it works. No, it's it's crazy how he just he just keeps not disclosing things. Like, this is like the yeah. 20th thing, you yeah. know. Right. From, since since when he got into the administration that he did not disclose. And you'll recall a couple months ago, right before he gave that rare public statement, his lawyers had really combed through so uh, me- so much of his documentation and actually like preemptively leaked to the to the media some of the you know disclosures that he had failed to make because they were really it's in the wake of that secret meeting that Kushner also attended with Donald Trump right. Jr. Right. trying to get out ahead for once, and yet here we are again. You know, Abby Lowell, who's a friend of mine, a good, law- great lawyer, he keeps saying, we're cooperating fully, and yet, as you point out, just every other week it turns out, oh, well, we didn't co- we didn't give them that. And now, I mean, the House Judi- or Senate Judiciary Committee has called them back because there are documents he didn't give them. Right, right. You know. Uh, and I am surprised at, um, at Chuck Grassley, actually, the Senate Judiciary Chairman, uh, at, at to, to the degree that he's been willing to investigate this. Just because, you know, you would think he's a Republican and like some of these other guys, he would just prefer to sweep the sun of the rug. But he has worked alongside uh, Dianne Feinstein to actually uh, look into these things. Yeah. Well, I think if they if they double-cross the committee, if, in a sense, by not giving them things that they ask for, that's when Grassley will get pissed off and say <laughs> right. they were going to go after him. Meanwhile, um, there seems to be a split in the White House, according to the Washington Post this morning, among White House staffers as to how serious uh, the Mueller investigation is and how close it is to wrapping up. Some believe it's just in its final throes. Other thinks, others think Mueller is just getting started. Uh, which is it? What do you guys think? Right. Just I, getting started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This could take years. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the uh, the turkey pardon this week that Donald Trump is going uh, <laughs> to right. execute. That's right. Uh, oh. You know, just <laughs> who else will he pardon? <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Yeah. Well, speaking of turkeys, uh, there are a few other pardons here I've got in mind. Right? Yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know it. Turkeys are loose, but man. you would 
You know. <laughs> oh, shut up. You know that Mueller is not going to end with Manafort and Rick Gates. Of course I mean, not. Right. And who knows what George That was actually a message to others. Yeah. If you, why don't you, act, you come forth and cooperate if you don't want to be these two? Right. So it's announced this morning that, that uh, Hope, Hick, Hope Hicks, the communications mm-hmm. director, and Dan Mc, Don McGahn, the uh, mm-hmm. White House counsel, are next up to be interviewed by, by Mueller. Um, it's, it's crazy how, I mean, he's doing a meticulous job. He's literally yeah, going down yeah. the line. But, uh, you know, Hope has been there with Trump the longest right. since the beginning. And if there was anybody who was exposed to some of this stuff, it would be her. So um, I think that's going to be the most interesting interview. Right. Uh, and he's already interviewed Reince Priebus and Sean Spicer, who are not maybe, they, they weren't really in the campaign, but they were at the White House maybe when some of this, mm-hmm. who knows. I mean, clearly it seems to me that Jared Kushner's got to be a person of interest here. That's right. And that, that they're looking at um, not just collusion, but they're looking at possible obstruction of justice. Yeah, I think so. I mean, those are the two things. They're they're probing his financial transactions between the Russian government and, and mm-hmm. you know Trump organization, and also uh, the timeline and and kind of the series of decisions that led to and the firing of James Comey. I think when we have these revelations, especially someone like Kushner, we talked about other times where he omitted from his you know forums meetings that he had held with the Russians. The totality is what's really key. It's not an isolated incident. It's a pattern. And with Kushner, it's it's almost like it's almost like at this point it's easy to forget that he during the transition proposed you know tried to set up that back channel with Moscow, and he later claimed yeah. it was innocent. Yeah. He didn't know that you're not supposed to do that, and also wanted to meet with the head of a Russian bank that was under U.S. sanctions. So there are all these ideas of potential and then this quid pro quo. Dinner invitation and, that we heard about last week. The dinner invitation that came right. from some lawyer that to, to, had to get Trump and Putin together for dinner, mm-hmm. uh, and now this clown. Forget his name, the publicist who set up the meeting. Goldstone. Goldstone, right. Now he says he wants to talk. So this whole thing is kind of unraveling. I, I can't wait for the movie. The movie. Yeah, it's it's gonna just going to be incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and unbelievable. Like, it's going to be on, what's like a drama, Showtime, TV thing? <laughs> I think right, it'll be effective right. if they just like never really show Trump. Like they only show him from the back. From the back. Like no one actually plays him. That's what they did in that movie about Bobby Kennedy. They never actually showed him. They just showed everyone around him. But like, I, <laughs> this is now where like, we should just write the script. I, so if I can make one point, uh, is that um, I, I, I would urge people to kind of temper their expectations right. because collusion is not a crime under federal law, right? Collusion is politically a, a bad thing, but it's hard. you can't charge somebody for collusion. So um, whatever charges that they do end up bringing, I think they're going to be smaller than you know the silver bullet. Although they and, and let's not forget that like Donald Trump is in charge of so right. many things that like he he doesn't care, right? Like he could pardon everybody. He could get him. Like he can pardon his family. He could pardon himself. Yeah. What like, you're well, saying is Mueller is not going to give the ticket to impeachment. Right. Well, I think the obstruction of justice would be is kind of the cover obstruction up is worse than the crime. Would be. That would be the key. Well, and yeah. but our Republicans that would be the ones who would, would have to agree? lead him. That- I, I would agree, but I think we're in a different time now right. than the 90s, <laughs> yes. where that kind of charge, I, I don't... It's going to depend on if the, if the Dems take the House next year. Right, right. Um, we have so rarely uh, an occasion to praise or thank Donald Trump for anything, um, but we did, Mark, I mentioned earlier this morning, I just want to bring back, on the elephants that last week 
his administration, oh, gosh. the Interior Department said, okay, you can go back and kill elephants again and bring all the ivory you want into this country. And everybody was saying, what? Why would they do that? Just because Obama banned it, you have to approve it? And lo and behold, Donald Trump himself come back, came back from Asia and said, no, that was no, I reversed that. I'm putting it on hold. I'm going to make a final decision this week. So, so my favorite thing about this actually was on the day that they announced that he was you know, rethinking this, yeah. Donald Trump Jr. was retweeting uh, praise for his father's decision not to go through with killing of elephants. <laughs> Well, which is crazy because Donald Trump Jr. used to kill elephants. You yeah, know, yes. pictures yeah. of him posing in all these holding photos. like an elephant tail. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's just that's uh, disgusting. Don't you think that this move to to okay or to bring it back was Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> Maybe we, I uh, who, who knows. Well, uh, we know he supported Zinke for Interior Secretary yeah. over the other guy who definitely was there. the sons. Yeah, who enjoy posing with some of the most treasured animals who are, in the they're, world. They're poachers. They're, maybe not poachers, but they're trophy hunters. They're trophy hunters, and it's right. disgusting. Yeah. But I think it's, and, you know, I so mean, it looks like, and Trump has said, "I'm going to make a final decision this week." But it was hard to, it's hard to imagine how he could reverse the he has to horror tease out show. Everything. He called it. He has to show. tease out everything. I know. Why yeah. can't you just make? You saw the backlash. Just decide. Just say that. Never mind. We're not going to do it and be done with it. Well, I think it was an Obama rule, right? Right. Like well, just, well, that's so why. That is why he I, he's did ju- it. He's I mean, just checking down the list. He's yeah. like, oh, all right. I know. Right. <laughs> it's no. like when Ivanka Trump was suddenly okay with overturning the Obama era equal pay rule. Like suddenly she's okay. She's okay with women in the workplace not having um, policies that would expand access to equal pay. Because it's an Obama-era rule, so it's clearly burdensome. Well, it looks like, at any rate, we'll see, right? Pardon the turkey this week and pardon the elephants, maybe <laughs> both. Uh, if he does, we'll have to give him credit for saving saving the elephants. Probably, uh, uh, <clears throat> maybe he had a little talk with his son about that. I don't know. Hey, uh, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Sabrina, great to see you. You go Bobish at HuffPost, HuffPost.com, and TheGuardian.com. Monday is all yours. Make the most of it. Come back and see us again tomorrow. We'll be looking for you. This is the Bill Press Show.